Hey everyone, it's Hamish from the Young Investors Podcast. Myself and Brandon are excited to bring you your weekly rundown of the latest business and investing news from around the world. Now, a quick reminder before we get into the podcast is that nothing in this podcast should be taken on as personal financial advice. If you're ever unsure about your finances or investing, make sure you reach out to a qualified financial advisor. But with that said, let's get into another episode of the Young Investors Podcast. All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Young Investors Podcast. How you going, Hamish? What's cracking, my friend? I'm um, doing well. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Another week. Another week's gone by. I can't believe we're already in. We're already in February. It's yeah. It's crazy. I feel like time flies. I, um, now. Some of the there's like a Twitter page which just updates with like progress year progress bars and oh, it yeah. acts like a loading bar. Oh, and I looked yeah. the other day and it was like seven, eight percent of the year gone. I was like, oh, holy no. smokes. Yeah. Those so, things are terrible. It's like, have you seen those, um, those like posters people sell where it's like, it's like marks off how many weeks of your life you've got left or whatever. It's got like an average. Oh. Of like, those are terrible. I don't know why anyone would do that where it's like an average yeah. is like if you oh, if you live to like 70 or something, this is how many weeks you have left. And it's like a depressingly <sighs> small number of weeks. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I, I feel about that. those loading bars like that people show up on Twitter. It's like, don't show me that. I don't want to know that we're already whatever 8% yeah. through the year. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Anyway, in, in, on that cheery note, guess what we're talking about today, Hamish? <laughs> yeah, executive compensation. We're, we're talking about executive co- I thought this would be actually a really good topic to bring up this week in particular mm. um, because of what's just happened um, with Mr. Elon Musk himself. But there's so much um, discussion, scrutiny, sometimes anger as well when we talk about executive compensation, how much these CEOs get paid. So I thought that we would make a bit of a podcast about it, talking about some of the examples out there, some of, um, I don't know, what's what's a bit egregious and, you know, whether CEO pay is fair and also what you should look at when it comes to CEO pay. So that's yep. what we're going to to walk through. Um, should we get started, Hamish? Yeah, this uh, this Elon story is uh, is is crazy because I think we just yeah we just missed it last week because we were talking about yep. we we're talking about Musk for, for something else and then yeah we I think we just missed this story so it is um, yeah, it's good that we can talk yeah. about it this week. And the story is uh, a judge in the U.S. state of Delaware has annulled a fifty five point eight billion yes billion with a B billion dollar pay deal awarded to Elon Musk in 2018 by the electric car company Tesla. The lawsuit was filed by a shareholder who argued that it was an overpayment. Um, So Judge Kathleen McCormick found uh, Tesla directors who negotiated the pay package were, quote, perhaps starry-eyed due to Mr. Musk's superstar appeal and did not fully inform shareholders. She said the deal was unfathomable and ruled that it should be cancelled, and yeah. So this this is once again, as as you might might imagine, sparked a lot of debate around executive compensation, and and for good reason. I'll, I'll read you um, some of the other big name CEOs what what their 2022 pays came out to be. So Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai took home $200 million. Tim Cook, Apple, he earned $99 million. Sachin Adela, Microsoft, took home $55 million. Your mate, Reed Hastings at Netflix, mm. took home $51 million. 
So there's a lot of big name CEOs and they take home very, very large paydays. And of course, you can argue, well, is this actually fair? And this is an interesting statistic that I found uh, when I was making, I made a video on this last year, I think, but according to the Economic Policy Institute, in 2021, the ratio of CEO to typical worker compensation was 399 to 1. And that's up from 366 to 1 in 2020 and a big increase from 59 to 1 back in 1989 and just 20 to 1 in 1965. Wow. Um, So there's no doubt that as time has progressed, the the gap, the, the differential between the average worker at a company and the compensation of the top dog has widened a lot. CEOs are are locking in really, really big paydays. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of debate as to whether this is fair. I mean, they are the decision maker. The CEO is the decision maker. So you, you do also, like I think that 50 million for one person in one year or for one equity award or whatever, like that's a huge number, Hamish. It's a huge yeah. number. But if they got paid $50 million dollars, but the decisions that they made within the company generated an extra, say, billion dollars of profit. Is that worthwhile? What, what's what's your take on that kind of um, line of thinking? Yeah, I can't say that I've looked too much into the history of how this has changed. Like, let's say in the US, like kind of the numbers that you've just this kind of mentioned, twenty to one in nineteen sixty-five to you know four hundred to one. I don't I don't know too much about the history of how that's changed over time and. And the you know maybe the the growing power of the board and and how that's kind of influenced that change. So I don't know too much about that, but whenever I hear kind of you know I don't think you can read too much into specific numbers. Kind of like fifty million sounds like an egregious amount, or you know a CEO making a hundred times the average employee sounds like a big number. But I think it, it, you, you're right. I think you have to kind of. Uh, there's a little bit more nuance there, um, depending on how much of an, uh, of an impact that person is having on on the overall outcome of the company. But I can't say I've looked too much in the history, and that that is fascinating, though. I will actually have to look deeper into, because um, mm. that is a dramatic shift from twenty to one to four hundred to one. You know, you'd have to imagine there's there's some kind of uh, uh, you know core reason behind that. So I have to have to look at that. There, you there 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 is actually, and I can I can spoil it for you a little bit. Well, one one of the core reasons is um, because uh, a lot of CEOs and boards have worked with legal teams, and what they figured out is that uh, a way to sneakily kind of elevate CEO pays is to um, compare the CEO's pay to a group of of peers of of mm. peer CEO pays and what they generally do is they make modest elevations across the board and then that enables the peer group to look bigger and then the next person Elon Musk can say well look actually my pay I I want to it's just a little bit more than the peer group and then Tim Cooks you know says look mine's just a little bit more than the peer group and then the peer group slowly rises mm. and then that's that's kind of how these how this is has risen so much over a, over a short period of time uh, but what what do you think like m- more just around the general ethics of you know 
sure, 50 million might be a huge number and it's more money than any one person ever needs. But do you think it's fair that they that someone would get paid, say, $50 million if they were able to generate maybe an extra billion dollars in profit? Yeah. Do you think there's a there's do you think there's an argument for the justification of some of these numbers for CEOs based yeah. on performance? Oh, of, of course there is. I mean, yeah, I mean if you were the sole shareholder of a company but you weren't the manager and you could hire someone for even 100 million dollars and they're going to increase your the value of your shares by 2 billion dollars, that's a fantastic deal for you as a shareholder. So even though you're paying them, mm. you know, an enormous amount of money. So, yeah, of course, of course you can justify it. It's just a matter of, you know, whether, yeah, the board is kind of sneaking through these 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 increases yeah. where there isn't any new value being generated for the shareholders or there could be more value in them putting that additional money into the uh, everyday employees that are actually kind of the engine of the company and, and, you know, increasing value in that way. It's not just about the, you know, the people at the very top you know, earning yeah. more because they're making the key decisions. How about like the well-being of the, the all of the, you know, thousands of people or millions of people sometimes that are working in the company. So um, I think you can justify it, but again, it depends on the specific situation or the, or yeah. the specific company. It is a bit case by case. You are, you're definitely, you're definitely right there. So let's look at a case, Hamish. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's look at um, the and case. let's go back. To, yeah. Let's look at the case in question, which is Elon Musk's compensation. Um, and this is an interesting one because we were talking what Tim Cook, 99 million, Sachin Nadella, 55 million, Sundar Pichai, 200 million. Then there's Elon Musk, 55.8 billion <laughs> at the highest payout level, 55.8 billion with a B. Yeah, that is a that is the biggest payday that we'll likely ever see for a very very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we we've got to look at it and ask: Well, is this just absolutely egregious, or is you know is even a fifty five billion dollar payday potentially justifiable? I don't want to don't want to skew your opinion one way or another. I, I'm going to give you the facts. Okay. So it was in 2018, he was granted 304 million options structured in 12 tranches or, or 12 levels or 12 slices, which was worth a maximum payout of $55.8 billion. So it wasn't assured that he was getting paid $55.8 billion. That was the maximum he could achieve. Um, and each tranche or each level that of, of, of payout... Um, came with rigorous performance criteria. So he would get paid only if Tesla hit a series of market cap and adjusted EBITDA milestones. But for now, I'm not going to focus on the revenue kind of section of his compensation, more just the market cap milestones. So the award says, quote, Elon will receive no guaranteed compensation of any kind, no salary, no cash bonuses, and no equity that vests simply by the passage of time. Instead, Elon's only compensation will be a 100% at-risk performance award, which ensures that he will only be compensated if Tesla and all of its shareholders do extraordinarily well. The performance award consists of a 10-year grant of stock options that vests in 12 tranches. Each of the 12 tranches vests only if a pair of milestones are both met. Um, to meet to meet the first... Sorry... 
To meet the first market cap milestone, Tesla's current market cap must increase to $100 billion. For each of the remaining 11 milestones, Tesla's market cap must continue to increase in additional $50 billion increments. Thus, for Elon to fully vest in the award, Tesla's market cap must increase to $650 billion. And remember, this was written at a time where Tesla's market cap was $59 billion full stop. Yeah. That was it. So they're essentially saying Elon could get you know, he could get $55.8 billion, but only if Tesla's market cap grew from $59 billion to $650 billion. So it's, it's a big jump. It's a big yeah. jump. Now, that is, that is obviously a ridiculous sum of money, as we've discussed, $55.8 billion. But here's the thing. Tesla's market cap today, he got this incentive package. He, he wasn't, they dangled the carrot and... To his credit, Elon Musk worked incredibly hard. And today, Tesla's market cap is $593 billion. And in fact, it was around a trillion dollars in late 2021. So he actually flippin' did it. Yeah, He crazy. actually did it. I mean, it wasn't just him, obviously. But, you know, a big part of it was his leadership, his hard work, and his decision-making. Yep. And even just looking at the stock today, forgetting about the hitting $1 billion in 2021, even just looking at the stock today, his leadership has seen investors 10x their money. Hmm. So now I ask you, Hamish, with those facts... <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you could say yes or no. Like, you could say yes or no. Yeah, I mean... Are uh, you okay with Elon Musk earning $55.8 billion if you, the Tesla shareholder as a result of him earning that money, have just 10X'd your money. Yeah, I, I mean, you, as a shareholder, you certainly can't say that you that he's kind of... I don't think you can say that he's like ripped you off as a shareholder because you've done... Especially if you were, held the stock from back then. I mean, if you've been buying along the way, you know, maybe you haven't done as well because the stock has retreated you know, fairly considerably. But you can't really complain, I, I, I don't think, if if you've held the stock for a long time. But at the same time, it is still an egregious package if you just you know compare it to any other package ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, as long as... I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, give I'm an not, opinion. Not, Go on. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, I'll, I think, I'll give, I think I'll give my opinion if you give your opinion. It's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> pay package. I would be, I would be annoyed yep. that, he got, that he got paid that much. But at the same time, the stock has done incredibly well. So... Um, you know, yeah, it is what it is. It is what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is interesting because I am a Tesla shareholder, so this directly impacts me. So the board announced that they would essentially be gifting Elon Musk fifty-five. What was it? Fifty-five point eight billion dollars. But I'm sitting here in you know February two thousand twenty-four. So I've been holding the stock since 2017, uh, so I'm sitting on you know more than a 10x based on Elon's leadership. Not entirely, but it's, it's a key part of the success of Tesla has been his leadership. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm I'm looking at this judge nullifying his pay package because it was egregious, and I'm saying, what it it incentivized him. To go out, sure, it's it's a bonkers pay package. No one person needs that amount of money. You can make that argument for sure. But it incentivized him to go out and do something 
that is very rarely seen in the stock market. Yeah. To get that kind of company performance out of an automaker, a new upcoming automaker in the United States, that's just yeah. unheard of. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I absolutely don't think that they should have uh, uh, nullified or voided the, the compensation package. I think that's kind of insane because... Especially you know, when it was agreed upon by Tesla shareholders. Yeah. And, and at any point, if you disagreed with that pay package, you could have sold Tesla stock and you would have been yeah. way worse off than if you held it. Like if you, yeah. that, even if you disagreed with the board's decision to, to pass this back, you know, how, how many years ago was it? I, I don't remember. But back it's 2018. Years ago, 2018, you could have just sold Tesla stock. Uh, yeah. Like that, that's, that was your choice. You know, it's a public company. You, 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 can, you can just sell the shares. Um, mm. So I think it's kind of ridiculous, especially because the 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 the, the person who brought the the suit, I think, has eleven shares or something like that. It's like ten <laughs> shares, um, and I think they've done this with a number of other companies. It's it's a strategy that 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 uh, like this mm. law firm basically does. <laughs> like they they find yeah. one one disgruntled shareholder, even if they don't represent what the actual shareholder base wants, and they can they can file a suit, and that's basically what happened. So. Um, that, I, that I certainly disagree with. Um, I think that's kind of ridiculous that a court is ultimately deciding a contract that was settled, you know, five plus years ago. Yeah. I think in simple terms, if, if, I, if I came up to you at home, any of you guys at home, and I said, look, I'll give you $1 billion if you make me two, then that's, I'm, I'm all for that. I will pay you a billion dollars if you make me two billion. <laughs> that's, that's like I'll sign that deal every day. Um, but yes, it is a very odd and the craziest thing, as I said, is that this pay package was approved by Tesla shareholders. It's not like Tesla shareholders said no, 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 because then it wouldn't have gone through. They said yes. They said yes, please. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, they've made a lot of money. But with that said, I wanted to get to this second part of this podcast which is yeah. talking a little bit more broadly about CEO compensation. And it's particularly, we wanted to talk through what, what investors, what we should actually look out for when it comes to CEO compensation. Because all this stuff is in the proxy filing, so you can actually look yes. in great detail at how, how the CEO is compensated for what, what milestones, what conditions they get their compensation, how do they earn it. Um, so Hamish, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about what you watch when it comes to CEO compensation? Yeah. And you did just mention it for, for US companies, um, the proxy filing, the proxy statement is where you'll find all of the uh, information about uh, management compensation and shareholder uh, and, you know, big shareholder ownership and management ownership of, of the stock. Um, and I think compensation is probably one of the most it is kind of one of the more tricky parts to, to uh, go through when, you, when, you, when you're looking at companies. Um, I certainly find it fairly complex and there's often, mm. you know, every company has their different structures for their different uh, compensation packages and they can be complex sometimes. Maybe to buy design so that you don't look too closely, but mm. it can be tricky and you kind of just have to take your time and kind of go through it. But um, yeah, there's a few key things that I would kind of look out for and um, most of these things are, uh, are principles that I've just kind of taken from Warren Buffett and, and Charlie Munger. Um, these are kind of little tidbits, generally speaking, that uh, have come from their Berkshire meetings and, and their shareholder letters that they've kind of done over time. So if you want to go deep on this stuff, that's that's uh, the uh, the source material 
Uh, the first thing that kind of stands out is uh, looking for executives that have really high uh, equity ownership, um, which sometimes is accompanied with the founder still being the the leader in the company. Um, and, and and this is kind of the the first one that's kind of listed here, but it's also it it kind of sets the tone for the rest of uh, the the principles, which is you want a management team that is deeply aligned with the shareholders. And the the main way that a, a, an executive team can be deeply aligned with the shareholders is if they are shareholders, uh, if their if their personal wealth is on the line. Uh, and it's actually why I, I actually really like looking at founder-run companies because not only do they generally own a lot of stock, they care about the company, uh, and generally it's it's where most of their wealth is. Um, like if they're if they're running a multi-billion-dollar company and they founded it, generally speaking, ninety percent, maybe ninety-nine percent of their wealth is in that company. So their mm, own yeah. wealth, their their own livelihood is uh, is is completely tied to the stock and. They built the company, so they probably have some, uh, you know, they, they care deeply about the company beyond just making their 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 salary. So, um, you know, founding the company isn't a necessity, but um, certainly high equity ownership is is really valuable. Um, avoiding yeah. high salary or no stake CEOs. That's kind of the flip side, I guess, of of high uh, equity ownership. Um, again, yeah. as you start to go through a lot of companies, you'll see a lot of varying, um, compensation packages. And sometimes you'll just see a CEO that's earning millions of dollars in cash salary. Um, and if you look at their share ownership, they don't really own that much stock. So they're earning a lot of cash and they're earning millions of dollars in cash. And you know that they're investing it because they're probably not spending millions of dollars every year. So they're choosing to invest it in other companies rather than the company that they're responsible for. And that's a big mm. kind of red flag if they're, you know, just earning a lot of cash and uh, not putting it um, uh, not putting it back into the, the business. So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. One of, that's one of the things I, I hate the most. <laughs> it's just companies, <laughs> yeah. it's just CEOs just making a mozza in salary but not having... Not putting their money where their mouth is. That's what it is. It's just not putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. That's what gives me the ick, as <laughs> as as they would say, <laughs> as a shareholder. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, uh, avoiding CEOs that get bonuses for for doing nothing. Um, again, yeah, there'll there'll be all kinds of different bonuses and structures that you'll see. Um, so avoiding uh, CEOs that seem seemingly just get money for for doing absolutely nothing in the company. Um, <laughs> it's like the bank CEOs in the 08 financial crisis. Remember uh, that? Like I, all of the major I, bank CEOs took home like they all got fired or they all left, but they took home with them like multi million dollar bonuses for yeah. what? For sending the companies bankrupt, for destroying yeah. the world's economy, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah, have yeah. a bonus, mate. Well done, Congrats. he's a gold star. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So uh, okay. So let's talk about types of compensation. So generally speaking, if if you if you'd ask Warren Buffett, he'd say he wants to see mostly performance based stock awards. So stock awards meaning um, they're earning most of their compensation in actual stock rather than in cash or stock options. I'll talk about in a second and performance-based meaning it's not time-based so they're not just being given stock because they're there for you know, it's not time vested stock they're not just getting it for being in at the company which sometimes is a component of compensation but it's mostly performance-based it's tied to something yep. 
intrinsic about the the growth of the business, um, which ultimately will will drive the the stock for for investors. Um, so you know, yeah. looking at things like is it tied to the return on capital or return on equity, some kind of uh, efficiency um, uh, assessment. Um, how effectively are they investing in the company? tied to profit uh, or cash flow, and then kind of the key business indicators, depending on what the company is. So, you know, for we're talking, uh, talking about like Starbucks for as an example, um, growing their sales at, at existing uh, stores is, is very important. So uh, their compensation in part is tied to that figure. Um, so those are kind of the main things. Watching out for compensation tied to per share figures. Per share, it's not a bad thing if it's tied to per share figures, but just watch out for it because management can be a bit sneaky in making the per share share figures look better than they are. Um, by doing share buybacks, for example, they can spend a bunch of company cash, make the earnings per share go up because the number of shares go down and then earn, you know, hit their compensation milestones, even though the buybacks might have not been a, a good thing to be doing at that time. So just watching out for little things um, like yeah. that. Uh, stock options, uh, you'll see is very, very common uh, for, for executives to be to be paid in stock options. And, you know, there, there's good elements and, and bad elements to this. I think they can be good if executives are using them to build ownership in the company. So that's an important thing to watch is what are they doing with these options? Are they just receiving options and then selling them immediately? Um, how, what are they actually, how are they behaving? And the, the same thing actually applies mm. for stock awards as well. Um, are they receiving stock awards and then just selling them all immediately or are they accruing kind of ownership uh, in, in the company? Um Buffett's main problem with options compared to stock awards is that options basically mean that uh, executives benefit from the upside, but they don't really have any downside risk if the stock falls. Uh, so that's a big difference between that and, and, and stock awards. If the stock rises, they can execute the options and make a profit. If the stock falls, they just don't execute the options. So they don't have that kind of same downside risk as if they actually receive a portion of their compensation as actual stock. Uh, and that's that's kind of Warren Buffett's argument for, for preferring companies that pay out uh, actual stock rather than these kind of options to buy stock in the future. Mm. Very and, good. Uh, yeah. That's that's the, the, those and, uh, are kind of the, yeah. the those are those are kind of the main. I thought you were going to jump in there. Those are kind of the main Sorry. things that I look for. Um, but again, it, it's it's the, the I think the main lesson when it comes to analyzing the management team is just taking the time to really understand how they're being compensated because it will be different for every yeah. company. And uh, it's it's the it, the proxy statement isn't as standardized as the annual report where there's these key sections you can look for. You kind of just got to go through it. Um, and, yeah. and make sure you it's usually very it. long. Yeah. Lots yeah. of pages of text, s summary compensation tables and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, it really just does come in my experience. It really does just come down to, to reading and, you know, get, get a pen and paper and at the top of the paper, just write down, does the CEO's incentives align with long-term shareholders? And then, yeah. Jot it down. Like you, Hamish, you've done a really good job at, at obviously identifying, you know, all of the different ways that a CEO's compensated salary, bonuses, equity awards, options, blah, blah, blah. So just go through. My my tip would just be write that sentence at the top. Does the CEO's pay align? Do, does the CEO's incentives align with long-term shareholders? Write down each way that the CEO is compensated. 
how much, like what percentage of their compensation comes down to their salary, what percentage of their compensation comes down to their, you know, stock awards, and then just try your best to to think through whether they are being paid for the right reasons, which is for long-term company performance, growth, long-term shareholder return. Yep. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the other thing that I would add is uh, combine looking at compensation with yeah the behavior of management when it comes to their own ownership of stocks. So combining those two things. Yeah. So, you know, what are they receiving and then what are they doing with it? Are they, are they, you know, retaining that ownership or are they just selling it immediately? Cause if they're earning millions of dollars and they're selling the stock, you know, you know, they're not putting it under their mattress. They're putting it in other companies. So, uh, or, or other investments, they're choosing to invest somewhere else rather than the company they control. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Very good. Definitely let us know. Um, what are your thoughts on executive compensation? How do you guys go about assessing it? Um, what do you think about these high-paid CEOs? Is it just is it too crazy? You just can't get behind some of these paydays. Do you think it's fair if they can, you know, put forward good company growth? Uh, be super interested to hear what you guys have to say. So definitely let us know. Let us know in the comments over on YouTube. Uh, let us know in the Spotify question box. Um, but apart from that, guys, that will just about do do it for today. That is our wrap-up on executive compensation. Thanks very much, Hamish, for joining me as always. No worries. That was good. Um, and with that said, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. See you later. See you later.